Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. It's Friday, March 29th. Last week, work day in March. Unless you work on weekends, then all bets are off. <laughs> it's a beautiful day here. Although we're supposed to get snow on Sunday. Springtime in the Rockies, right? So I took down my, uh, unpublished my podcast from yesterday because uh, one of my listeners pointed out that I sounded dismissive about some of the problems, which was not my intention at all. And I really would not want something to be out there where somebody thought that I sounded dismissive or where I might possibly hurt somebody. It's, um, I, I take the whole situation with the Ritas and with racism in publishing and in RWA and elsewhere very seriously, so I don't mean to sound like I don't, so I took it down because I don't want something out there sounding like like I don't take it very important, take it very importantly. How's that for articulate? That I don't uh, think about it as being a very important thing and something that is critical to so many people's lives and careers. Um, I have a, a lot of privilege getting to sit out here in the sunshine and my nice house and neighborhood and so forth and not have to worry about some of those things, many of those things. So there we are. If anybody was hurt by uh, my tone or the way I was talking about things, I apologize. Always an effort to scrutinize our own privilege and inherent racism and discover ways to uh, Flends that from our thinking. I think uh, one of those things about you know being dismissive of something is a reflection of privilege because you think, oh well, that's not a big deal, whereas somebody else to somebody else it is a a critically big deal. So working away on fiery citadel. Um, very head down on the story right now. I sent back the changes on chapter one from Jenny's edits yesterday, which changed a few things. And so now I'm still sort of bogged down in revising. I shouldn't look at it as being bogged down because this is revising I'm doing now that I won't have to do later. It just, um, I don't often work this way, but I think it'll be fine. Um, it just feels slow because I'm not laying down uh, rafts of words right now. There's <sighs> a lot of um, subtle conflict in this one. And it was interesting reading Orchid Throne, going back to read that, because when I started that book trying to make sure my timeline is right on that. Yeah, it was in the 
aftermath of the Trump election. And I was uh, working out a lot of my feelings about the political situation. And I think it comes as no surprise to anyone that was a pretty vocal supporter of Hillary Clinton. I thought she was um, the best qualified candidate we've ever had for president. And boy, watching the way she got taken apart, the misogynism there, that was just unreal. You know, and it's funny because Hillary Clinton has been kind of part of my political life for most of my life. I remember, you know, the first election I voted in was uh, when Bill Clinton was elected the first time. And I remember we were so excited, so excited to get a liberal Democrat back in there and start redressing some problems, you know. And the Clinton administration really took down the national debt, decreased it immensely, and put in all sorts of um, environmental controls that had been dismantled during the Reagan administration. So, you know, that was an exciting time for me. And I remember people telling me all the time how much they disliked Hillary Clinton. You know, they're like, oh, well, you know, she's just not likable. And I could never understand why Hillary Clinton was unlikable. And of course, you know, the 80s. (laughs) You know, we look back now and look at all the things we... uh, took for granted as being true or uh, part of life. So, yeah, now I look back on that and I think, oh, it wasn't that she was unlikable so much as that she was a woman. And she was a smart woman who was in a position of power that she actually attempted to use for more than buying China, which at the time, you know, since then, And, well, because of Hillary. I mean, she really broke ground on the first lady actually doing something because she was a lawyer, you know. She had a career. And previous to that, you know, there was this whole idea that, you know, the first lady just sort of was a glamorized housewife, you know. She was basically June Cleaver who lived in the nation's capital. Uh, You know, I... Still remember all that stuff with Nancy Reagan, you know, who was an elegant lady and probably very smart, but you know, that she was consumed with China and redecorating. And for a generation of women who were coming up who were interested in careers, it was it was kind of shocking to see that whole tussle around Hillary Clinton being first lady where she was expected to not work. She was expected to not work for the entire, well, ended up being eight years, right? She was, um, (laughs) you know, and people said, oh, well, it's not that she's not working. She has all of these responsibilities. But, you know, none of them were um, substantive jobs, you know. It was like buying China and greeting diplomats at receptions, you know, and I suppose that would be a great time to write your novel. Maybe that's why so many first ladies write novels during their, or writing their biographies during (laughs) their uh, time in office. So Hillary Clinton was like, okay, I I get the rules. I can't keep being a lawyer. I'll have to give up all of these things that I've been working on and building and doing. 
But if I'm going to be a full-time first lady, then I want to be doing some things. And so she tried to do some things, and boy, people didn't like that. Because, you know, first lady, it's too up, you know, that's what people would always say. Well, she wasn't elected to office. (laughs) It's like, well, no. So she just sort of got dragged along, and now she can't do anything. But she can't wield any of the power. People were always fighting back on that. It was an interesting time. And I think Hillary changed it a lot for the first ladies who came after her. But anyway, with Orchid Throne, there is a lot of those um, feelings of politics, of trying to um, protect what you have. And I think there's probably quite a bit of privilege in there on the one side, um, someone who has managed to preserve the good stuff and is trying to keep it. So now this end is uh, this next part. There's just a the conflicts are less black and white. Maybe that's what I'm going for. They're less black and white, more gray area. So it does take a, a fair amount of weaving, careful weaving. So let's see what else is going on. I'm trying to think of. Not a whole lot has changed since yesterday. I mean, I pretty much just worked all day yesterday. Um, yeah, I've got a few things that are kind of on hold at the moment. I was uh, 